Welcome to Waking Up Montero, session one on the Just Barbarian Things actual play of the Alien RPG. The game includes themes of fear, horror, including body horror, and violence set in a dystopian sci-fi universe. You have been warned. Our game features Santiago, Jesse, Courtney, and Richard, playing in a cinematic scenario where I, Rainy, will be your game mother. The crew of the Montero needs to deliver this freight to get paid, but the fine print of their corporate contracts has other plans for them. I just wanted to give you a quick warning that this game was recorded before we had access again to all of our recording equipment. And we were still figuring out the whole online game recording situation. So the audio may not be as crisp as you're used to, but you will see that improve over the next few episodes. I hope you enjoy this one. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five. Perfect. So we are playing Alien, the role-playing game, um, which is by Free League. Um, Free League is a publisher where all their games follow generally the same system for dice. And we'll get into the details of it, but basically it's a system where you roll a fistful of d6s. That's like the only dice that exist in the game. And you're looking for sixes. Sixes are successes. Everything else is not. So that's basically it. It makes it really easy to read your dice. There are some modifiers for Alien because of the combat, they made it a little bit crunchier than their system tends to be, but it's not a crunchy system. It's still very narrative, but beware. That's all we're looking at. There are custom dice for this game, um, so they will have symbols on them for successes. They'll be blank if they're not successes. And uh, for your stress dice, there are face hugger symbols if you have the potential for going into a panic. But we'll talk about stress dice here in a second. And there's Santi just manually rolling d6s like derp. That you gotta do it on your character sheet to use the special dice, but you don't have a character sheet yet. <laughs> um, there's also a d66 in this game, but it's not a true d66. It's rolling two d6, and one of them is tens, and one of them is uh, your your unis. So yeah, it's very exciting. All right, so if you go to your journal tab which is the third tab, looks like a little newspaper on the right-hand side. You'll notice that there are a couple folders. What we're going to be spending most of our time in at the start of this session is in the rules. And I have made some of them public in case. So Rule 20 is persistent, much like our Valheim server that Jesse set up for us. So you can log in at any time to review rules if that's what you're into. But it's not rules heavy, so don't feel like you ever need to. It's just kind of a bonus. All right, so under the starter set rules, chapter one is space is hell, which is kind of your background information. So it has a lot of flavor information about who the factions are and the corporations, timeline of events from like kind of our modern day to game day of things that have happened in universe, um, that sort of thing. I would say careers on the frontier is helpful if you just want a little bit of background in your character, especially once you find out your career. Um, but that's some basic stuff there. All right. So your character, basic things to know. 
you will have attributes like most games have, but there are only four of them in this game. So you have strength, agility, wits, and empathy. Those are your main attributes. They will always be something between one and five. Um, and that kind of, we'll get into how that translates to your dice, but they're very straightforward for what you think they would be. Um, there are synthetics in world. Uh, we can talk about those when you meet them. Uh, the main thing that's going to make this system a little bit different than the other free league systems is that uh, they have added stress dice. So as you go through certain experiences or do certain things that might cause your character stress and trauma, you're actually going to gain more dice in your dice pool. Um, they're going to be stress dice. Stress dice are yellow dice. Um, stress dice are good because more dice means more chances for successes. Because as you get stressed, you focus in on what you need to do to get the hell out of there. Um, but uh, stress dice on the ones side have a face hunger, face hugger symbol. And if you get that, you will have to make a panic roll to see if something goes wrong. So the best way to think of that is like um, bouts of madness in Call of Cthulhu. They work very similarly. Uh, you'll roll on a table to see how bad it is. All right. Your stuff. Things you need to be aware of. So when you choose characters, we're playing in a cinematic scenario. So cinematic scenarios are a little bit different than campaigns because they're designed to be played like one-shots. I will tell you that this specific scenario um, is known for running a lot longer than a one-shot, but... The idea is still that it's a self-contained story arc, so it's played in three acts, and at the end of the game, it's expected that maybe one of or two of the original characters will survive, otherwise a lot of people may die. Um, there are NPCs that you can opt into to make them your new PC if your characters should die. Um, you will all have your own agendas and things you're trying to do while this is going on. Um, and other things that are Jesse approved, there are potential for PvP scenes in a cinematic game um, because of these agendas and various things that may be going on. If you have a character that ends up turning traitor in some way, you will play out that scene, and then usually you will hop into a new character as your original character goes rogue and becomes a, uh, a GM character. So, um, which is the, the thing. So I'm still a GM in this game. It just stands for game mother instead of game master. So be aware. Um, your characters will say on their sheets if they have someone that is their buddy, someone they care about in the crew, and someone that is their rival. Um, you can just use that as a role-playing indicator depending on certain situations that happen. If you have a buddy who's in danger, you may be more apt to put yourself in danger to help them compared to if it's a rival that's in danger. So something to keep in mind. Uh, let's see. So as far as your gear goes, it's pretty gear light. Your character sheet will say any personal items that you have on you. You have one item that's your signature item, which you can use to relieve stress if you have a safe place that you can do that during a turn. Um, otherwise, y'all will kind of assign out the gear that's on the ship um, in our session zero today. If something is not on your character sheet, you do not have it. 
And so you'd have to go get it from somewhere or fashion it in some way. So it's very straightforward in that way. Um, you will be on ships throughout pretty much this entire cinematic scenario. Um, and you will have access to smaller vehicles, including things like power loaders and shuttles and all sorts of fun stuff. So uh, be aware that there is some of that as well. Uh, you do have things that are supplies, but supplies aren't usually tracked until it is, um, you're in a situation where it would be important. So for the most part, you're not tracking anything like food or water or air until you put yourself in a situation where that would be an issue, like being in a spacesuit with an air supply in an area that does not have atmosphere, then you would start rolling for losing supplies and things like that. Um, and then certain gear, like your motion tracker, for those of you familiar with aliens more than alien, but it's in both, um, you do have to make power rolls on that to see if it's losing power as you use it. So, but otherwise, um, pretty, not a lot of tracking for supplies. Um, your gear is based on your strength. So you can carry twice your strength in items. Um, if something's very heavy, it will tell you if it counts as more than one item for the sake of encumbrance. Um, light items count as less than one item. Um, and if you're over encumbered, you can carry temporarily four times your strength in items, but it does mean you have to make some rolls if you're trying to get around in combat scenarios. Otherwise, if you want to just drag heavy shit around, you're allowed to, as long as no one's trying to mess with you. All right, skills. So there are a few skills. I think there's 12 in the game. Um, the only thing I want to direct you to, and I'll actually show this to you so you have it up, for every skill that you can roll on your character sheet, not all characters have all skills, but you can roll a skill even if you don't have it. It just means you don't have a bonus for it. Um, every success that you get over the first one allows you to add a stunt to whatever you're doing. So you'll notice for like heavy machinery, which is the first skill in the skills list that I opened, um, one success means you succeed and the thing happens. Two successes means you succeed and you can choose something from that bulleted list of stunts to add to that uh, to help you out. If you get three sixes, you can choose two stunts from the bulleted list and etc. So more success is good because you can add more stuff to flavor what you're doing and help you out to do it more quickly or whatever. So keep in mind, I would probably make sure that you know where this is. It's in chapter three skills and the rules, but it can help you out if you are rolling dice and getting lots of successes. Um, so just something to be aware of. I will try to keep that up as well. So if I see you've rolled multiple successes, uh, I can reference that for you. All right, so let's talk about moving around. Let's say, I'm not saying you're gonna be in a dangerous situation ever. Like that's, you know, why would I ever put you in such a position? But let's say you're trying to move around in an area, maybe without being noticed. Maybe you don't want something to know where you are so it can eat your face or something like that. Um, that's called stealth mode. So when you are in stealth mode, 
We're going to be on a ship map here. I'll show you your ship. I won't show you anything else for now. So here's Montero. So you'll notice on the deck plan on the right that there are kind of zones on the map. So you have like the bridge, the galley, med lab. When you are moving around a ship in stealth mode, you can move two zones in a turn, basically. So you could move like from the bridge through the galley to the ladder, right? So you can do that. It's no problem. <laughs> um, you know, everything in space looks the same. It's just how it is. Um, but uh, you, the same thing goes for what you can see. So you'll notice that there are little hatches between the zones. If those are open, you can see as far as you can see, line of sight. You're not considered blocked in any way from seeing anything in the bridge from anywhere in the galley, as long as the door is open. If it's closed, it's closed and you can't see it. Um, something I do like to remind people, since this is alien, we are dealing with what I told Santiago I think of as old school future technology. So um, this universe was imagined in a time before hollow communicators and stuff like that. So you'll notice um, the little like, it looks almost like a radial dial phone symbol or whatever. Um, those are comlinks. That's right. You can't talk to each other if you're in different parts of the ship unless you have access to a comlink to do that or if you have gear that allows you to talk to each other. So keep that in mind as well. Um, if you split the party, which you can totally do, this is not D&D, sometimes it makes sense to explore separately, um, you may not be able to communicate with each other uh, unless you're in an area that has a comm connection. Um, but yeah, that's the basics. Um, if you are on your ship, I did make, I'll give you that fun little map legend so you know what all the symbols mean um because it can be annoying on this map but on other maps the legend is on the map which makes it easier and we'll talk a little bit more about your ship when we get to that part um initiative in this game uh, for better or worse for those of you who are bad at dice uh, it's not dice based for those of you who still have shitty luck, regardless of whether it's dice, it is luck-based. Um, initiative, you'll notice on the right-hand side of your screen, is a deck of cards. And when we are in a situation that would require initiative, you'll get a card, and that will tell you where in the turn order you go. Um, one goes first, so this 10 that I drew is bad. Um, but there you go. That's how initiative works. It's very straightforward. We shuffle the initiative deck and we'll draw cards. So very, very simple. Um, let's see, we'll talk a little bit about panic. So all human characters will gain stress over the course of the game. Some of those things you cannot control. I'll say that you see something horrible, and if I say that, you will probably take stress. Remember, every time you take stress, it gives you a stress die, um, and that will mean that you roll that every time you use a skill for any reason while you have it. Um, so again, more chances for six, uh, but also more chances for panic. So if you roll a face hugger on your stress die as part of your roll, 
you will have to roll on the panic table to see what happens. So the other way that you can gain stress, though, is that this is a system where much like Call of Cthulhu and other systems, you can push rolls. Um, it just works a little bit differently. So let's say you tried to use heavy machinery to do something and you failed. You did not roll any sixes. You could choose to take one stress and push the roll to roll again. The cool thing about it is if you fail your roll on a pushed roll, nothing extra bad happens. It just fails and you have to deal with the consequences. But it does mean that you have another stress die. And so you will use that new stress die immediately upon your push roll. So just keep that in mind. I will show you how to track stress when we pick characters. All right. Um, when you roll for panic, you will roll um, on the cool panic table, there's a chance nothing bad happens. One through six on the table, no consequence. You're able to shove it deep down inside <laughs> and hopefully freak out later. Um, but there are other things that can happen. You can drop items. You can dive for cover instead of doing what you wanted to do. You can start screaming and running around. Um, you can start attacking other people in a panic. Um, you can collapse to the floor and go unconscious and your brain just shuts down to protect you from whatever horrors are happening. So those are all things that can happen. Um, I will say that if you end up equipping or finding a weapon with a burst fire mode, one of the required actions if you suffer panic is to empty your magazine while screaming. It's in the rules, so I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just what it is. Um, it's part. Uh, question. Yeah. Asking for a friend, can you do that on purpose? Well, yeah, I mean, you can always choose to role play things as you like. You can yell game over as many times as you want to. Um, no consequences. So, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, you will notice. As we get into it, this is not a space marine scenario. You will be on a freighter, so you will not have a lot of things that are actually weapons. Much like the first Alien film, you will have a lot of makeshift weapons, things that are really meant to do other things, but you're using to do damage when necessary. Um, so keep that in mind as well. Um, I would say in a lot of ways, like Cthulhu, Fighting other people, dangerous but doable. Fighting things that are not quite people, more dangerous, potentially doable, um, but probably going to increase stress and going to be a lot more, uh, going to have a lot more consequences. All right, so that's the basics. A bunch of D6s, but you don't have to worry about them because they're on your character sheet. All we're looking for is successes. You will have special extra cards called your agenda. Oh, let me talk about your agendas a little bit. So like I said, this is a game in three acts. So it resolves by the end of act three, whether any of you survive or not. Um, that will be how it plays out. You will have a card that tells you your character's goals for that part of the story. If during the act, you play in a way that shows that you're following that goal, you earn a story point. Story points are cool because you can use them to, you can basically trade them in for successes. So 
You can, uh, you can only have three at any given time. Again, there are three acts, so you can max out. But um, if you have a story point, you can trade it in to help yourself out. So they're cool, and they reward you for role-playing. There's no leveling, because it's not a campaign mode, right? It's just a scenario. Um, so feel free to spend them when it makes sense. Uh, you will get a new agenda card. Every act as your character's goals shift because of what's going on. Um, and then some of you, depending on your role, like if you're the captain or something like that, may have additional cards because you have more information than other people in the game. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, if you have not watched Alien recently, I think we all have, uh, the computer on this ship, because it is a Weyland yutani vessel, is Mother. Um, so I will have to be mother for times when you need information in the game. Um, the captain can get special information from mother and send commands through the mother terminal. Um, otherwise, mother can talk to the crew via intercoms and communication terminals that are throughout the ship. So keep that in mind. But there may be a lot of points where the captain is summoned or something about should the captain be alive, we'll have to figure out uh, other situations if the captain dies pretty quick. All right, but let's see. I still have you on your ship, so that's cool. Oh, other thing. This is the, this is where Alien takes place. Um, this is our lovely little, little space systems here. So you'll notice um, Soul is in core systems. So let me make sure. Yep, I got you all over here. So Soul's right there. Um, you have to zoom in pretty far to be able to read most of these. It's a real big map. But we will use the star map when we're talking about routes, because that will be important for part of the game. Um, but otherwise, we'll stay on ships, and you'll have ship maps for getting around when you're in an area. But yeah, but that's, that's it. All right. This will all make a lot more sense when you have characters, but any questions so far before we get into talking about the crew of Montero and choosing crew for y'all to play, at least to start? No. You don't have to raise your hand. You can talk, you know, it's okay. How do I get out of this chicken shit outfit? Well, depending on the character you choose, you may or may not feel that way. So, you know, just keep that in mind. <laughs> Man, it's an alien game. When you ask any questions, pretty much gotta bust out that Hudson quote. <laughs> it's like a requirement. It's in the rules. I'm surprised you didn't see oh, that. No, I'm sorry about that. On. I apologize. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm just playing by the rules you're good all right not so things that i should tell you you are all space truckers on the starfighter uscss montero you're running something called the gauntlet so cushy freight jobs have you running through core systems and things like that the gauntlet is a trade route that has you running from frontier to even farther out frontier so they are a lot of unsupported, um, less regulated 
areas of space um, with a lot less stuff um, in between points of interest. So you are running, and I can show you on the map here, um, you are running from Anchor Point Station, which is right here. Let me, I have to zoom in so I can select anything. I believe in you. So there's Anchor Point Station, and you're running from Anchor Point Station to a new colony called Sutter's World, and that's over here. So your route looks vaguely like this. And here is your little ship for now, because we haven't left yet. But that is your kind of little freighter jaunt to run the gauntlet. You're going from Anchor Point Station, carrying supplies to uh, this new colony world. Not a lot in the middle to run into. You're going to spend most of your time, as we do an alien, in cryo. Uh, you will wake up when it's time to deliver the goods. So let us talk a little bit about player characters. So if you open the scenario Chariot of the Gods folder, you'll see that there is a player characters folder and there are five char starting characters that you can choose from. Uh, I've made them visible to everybody so you can look through their stuff. Um, on the main bio and info page, you'll see name, age, basic personality trait. If you go over to their character sheet, you'll see which skills they have um, and what their attributes look like. You can even do some test rolls by clicking on the name of one of their skills if you want to. The other thing you'll notice that I want you to keep in mind is they will have a talent on the top right. Talents are really interesting. Oh yeah, so that one is the tab, the character sheet tab next to bio and info. If you, can you not see that one? Okay, I might have to, I think because I was trying to keep stuff, some stuff hidden, I'm gonna have to re-kajigger that, okay. Here, I'll edit so you can see those. All right, edit, edit. This is where we talk shit, right? Yeah, right. This is all... <laughs> all right, cool. I think you should be able to see the character sheet tab now, because I think I gave stats to everyone. On the character sheet on the right-hand side, each player character has a talent, and the talent will change the way they handle certain situations. It's like a feat in Dungeons and Dragons. So I would check out those as well because they are usually really cool, um, just so you have an idea. But basics, things to keep in mind. Um, Miller is the ship's captain. Otherwise we have crew type folks and then Wilson, is the corporate liaison. So he's our Waylon Utani dude. So everyone else kind of is there for the shares, right? Those are the two that would have more um, vested interest in what's going on on the ship and maybe more information. So if you're those characters, you're more likely to have an extra card with your agenda because you probably know more about what's going on on the ship and things like that just because of your role. Um, but yeah, so take a look. I will play some spacey background music for you. 
if you end up having any questions about anything on the character sheet, let me know. Uh, otherwise, you know, y'all can talk amongst yourselves if you have a preference or a hard non-preference. Obviously, one of these crewmates is going to be an NPC, because there's only four of you. Man, as, as always, I'll play, like, whatever, but um, I'm kind of leaning Wilson at this point. Wilson! But, um, you know, if someone else has their eye on Wilson, I'm fine with swapping, you know? Look, man, I only need to know one thing. Also kind of like the idea of uh, the pilot. Hmm. <laughs> Leah seems kind of cool. The, the uh, druggy uh, gen- adrenaline junkie pilot. <laughs> she seems pretty rad. <laughs> yeah, she's like, let's get fucked up and drive some stuff. <laughs> Probably just like, you know, hyped up on performance-enhancing drugs, you know, having to stay awake and alert the whole time. It's a high-stress job. A whole table of pharmaceuticals and recreational stuff, so... (laughs) True. Who on both counts, you know? You gotta fly through comets to restock your ice, so uh, your drinks are cool. (laughs) An asteroid bone or something. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta do it on drugs. <laughs> yeah, those nice dress asteroid belts. <laughs> They're so close together. It's just yeah. It's like, <laughs> holy shit, that was an asteroid belt. I didn't even see one. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> on average, objects over two meters are three thousand miles apart. So. Yeah, we didn't see any. <laughs> like, dang. <laughs> Are you saying they're not like Star Wars? Well, ours isn't, at least. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the Among Us map. <laughs> Look, I was, with, I was with Rich in the galley, and you know what we were doing in there, so... <laughs> Wangs. For the whole, for, you know, who's making wings for the. It's not like it was just like us. <laughs> Alright. What are y'all thinking so far? Yeah. Yeah. What do, you, what do you have in mind? It's cool if you're still looking. You can say that too. I mean, I am leaning a little bit more towards Rye or Davis. Okay. But their characters at least sound cool. I I don't know if I could do druggy or uh, bitter person. (laughs) Oh, you're so young. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Such innocence. (laughs) I can be bitter about shit, but it's usually shit that I... Am bitter about not. I don't, I don't act bitter. I just am bitter about things. It's a fair point. To be fair, Davis is the uh, the druggy uh-huh. pilot. Yeah. So, but that's fine. 
kind of leaning I mean, toward you know, Wilson, but I don't want to steal Santi's uh, thunder. Man, you would make a great, you know, corporate corporate man. You'd be like, <laughs> WI for life, son. <laughs> Yeah, man. No, if you want, if you want to play Wilson, play Wilson. I'm into it. I'm not married to him. So I was saying I was like kind of leaning that way, but not, you know, don't have my heart set on him. So that's what you're thinking. Do it up, man. I'm into it. I'd, I'd like to see how you channel um, John J. Wilson, the Wayland Utani corporate agent who is ambitious. It's Wilson or I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse has left the chat. <laughs> I was looking at uh, Rye because I am bitter. And mm. so I think it'll be easy to role play. <laughs> You're like a good, easy entry into the game. Mm-hmm. No role playing mm-hmm. required. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. So these attributes um, that are listed, what are they uh, out of? What's the scale here? Attributes are between one and five. Yeah, the more I look at Davis, the more I like uh, Davis. You with that? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not poaching Davis from ever, anyone. If, uh, if I pick Davis, I don't want to be that guy. I mean, it's a cinematic scenario. Most of you are going to end up playing someone else at some point <laughs> anyway. It's just who you want to start with. Who do you want to murder first? That's what you have to think about. Mm. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, so one of you, two of you, maybe. Oh, I can do Cham. You'll probably also. die quick. <laughs> It'll die pretty only person, I'm, the only person I'm not uh, excited about is Miller. No one wants to be the captain. <laughs> it's okay. I'm the captain now. I mean, no. yeah, being the captain now is. Uh, I mean, I, I can be a pushy motherfucker sometimes, but. Cham is like the chill dude <laughs> of the crew. He just wants yeah, to be it's helpful just... and cool. It's like, yeah. this cool man. Oh, why can't we all just get along, dude? Y'all are my family. You shut up, Cham. No one likes you. Cham, we're not out family. The... We're oh, just job. <laughs> no one yeah. calls me Lebowski. You're Lebowski, man. <laughs> I'm the dude. We'll muck out so the uh, like... Latrine game, Cham. Santiago's <laughs> This thinking... fucking guy. Davis. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning Davis pretty pretty hard, but yeah. Courtney was leaning Rye. Hell yeah. Alright, I will assign. Um and then Jesse Rich, did you wanna do Wilson and Cham respectively and then Miller will be NPC for now? Yeah, that works. I'll do Sounds great. A All right. Can be controlled by Richard. Can be controlled 
by adjacent and can be controlled by no one, just me. Okay. Cool. I've signed out your characters. You can get familiar with their skills, know what they're good at and what they're not so good at, and we'll talk a little bit about what you're doing here. So, your ship, Montero, is the same series of freighter as Nostromo. So familiar if you have seen Alien um, at all, but it is a newer model, so there are some upgrades. The most important distinction is you actually have better engines than Stromo had, um, and you are fitted to haul your cargo internally like a standard freighter. So you have a central, like you have a bay basically, instead of having the attached freighter component that Nostromo had. Um, you're currently carrying 72 high-pressure tanks um, with 200,000 tons of aging yet highly flammable tritium. Uh, tritium is volatile and it is a, in the rules, bitch to transport. But by time you actually get to Sutter home where you're going, um, it should have it gone through its radioactive decay into helium-3, which is the energy source that you're actually going to get the money for transporting. So each tank is about half the size of a tanker trailer. When we start our adventure, about half of it is still going to be flammable, so extreme caution is advised. Um, you are also equipped, and if you look, if you scroll down on your map, depending on how zoomed in you're in, you'll notice that there's a little like ship outline on the bottom that says Daisy. Daisy is your flatbed cargo lifter slash shuttle. So this is your, um, it can work in space or in like low orbit or get to surface if you needed to of a facility. Um, but that's your, your little cargo shuttle as it were. Um, you have a 10 meter long umbilical that you can use to connect to airlocks of other spacecraft should you need to do so. Not saying you'll need to do it. It's there though. That's how you would get from your ship to another one. Um, and then there's some gear that you'll be able to divide up. So um, let me show you this. Boop. So if you scroll down towards the bottom of that, that's the description I just gave you of your ship. You'll notice that there's gear listed there. There are five compression suits, one motion tracker, one cutting torch, one bolt gun, one service pistol, one harpoon grappling gun. Um, again, call back to some of the final scenes of Alien there. Um, an incinerator unit and a power loader. Um, you may decide which of you, if any, has access to any of those things, but this is the kind of assignable gear that you can um, put on your sheets. And if there was more information, I put either pasted the description in, or I put in a link to where that is in the gear section, if you want to get more details. But also ask questions if you have them. But for example, I'm pretty sure like Cham and a couple other people probably have the best skills for the power loader. Um, 
just because it is a heavy machinery item. So keep that in mind too as you're looking through some of them that they may have skills that work better for them. There are enough compression suits for everyone though, unless you want to be mean to someone and be like, I take three compression suits and then everyone else is kind of fucked for a while. I mean, up to you. <laughs> I put on a compression suit and blow the other four out the air. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, um, since we are working on this map, uh, like we're on a similar map, um, I do have, if you have the motion tracker, pour a hand flow, these fun little um, pings that I can put on the map to let you know where you last saw things on your tracker, um, they can also disappear and move around because they're very exciting like that. Yeah, I can't think of anything that the pilot would like have. Those. Her, her gear is like the ship, so <laughs> Well, and this you know, might make more so. sense once we get into the scenario a bit. But I will tell you, as we get into it, um, in a very familiar feeling um, situation, you are not going to quite make it to your assigned location before you are rerouted for company business. So... Um, you may feel the desire to have something offensive slash defensive just in case, since you don't know what you're running into, but up to you. You can also not have anything and come back and get it if you leave it on the ship. So what this list is, is gear that is on the ship. If you know for sure there's something that you would want to be assigned now, should shit go down, you can call it and put it on your gear list and let me know so it's not available to other people. Otherwise you can know that this bulleted list of items is what is on your ship should you want to grab it later as things happen. I feel like everyone would have a compression suit, but that's like kind of depending on the scenario. If it's not something you're going to wear, just chilling. Right. So they're going to be hanging up. So if we want to, since there are five, make the assumption that there's one in each of your sort of bunk areas, you know, like yeah. your like, on the ship. That's fine. Yeah, it's it's yours. It's your you use it. It smells it has your funk inside it. So it has your not, name like, patch on it so other people can and, and you're, you die Right, and, and like on, on the helmet and everything. Yeah. yeah. So otherwise, as a pilot, I have like really high agility. So I'd probably be good with like ranged weapons, I'm guessing. But, I don't know, just guess. But, you know, I don't know. I, I don't feel like you'd be grabbing improvised weapons until you, like, needed them. Until you so, needed. Sure. You know, so that's our other that. option. So we spent about an hour getting into things, going through um, rules. Well, introducing rules, because I feel like you don't really get into them until you get into them. Um, picking characters. So our options are, you can spend some time learning about your character. I can um, assign you your personal agenda card so you have time to review it, but without context of the adventure. Um, and we can be like, cool. And we can either take a break so that you feel comfortable with that, 
and then come back, or we can be like, cool, see you next time, let's all play Valheim. Um, or we can do the beginning part of Act 1 to kind of set the scene and then pick a point in there to cliffhanger depending on where people want to stop. We have, I mean, it's pretty open-ended. This is not a structured session. Yeah, I feel like we should probably get into the first uh, first part of it a little bit. Yeah. Get our feet wet, you know? Fine. Otherwise, no. I'll have, like, RP blue balls let you. Um, <laughs> like, I picked this character, I can't even... Be bitter about it with them or whatever. Um, no, that's fine. I may or may not have put on pants and gotten on Zoom with, with all you folks. And <laughs> I had to brush my beard. It oh. was like, <laughs> yeah, still had sleep beard. <laughs> you woke up with it like stuck on your eyeball and had to yeah, like just peel it off. <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should definitely. Get into it a little bit, just a little bit. Okay. And uh, go from there. All right. You are space truckers on the Starfreighter USCSS Montero, running the gauntlet, the trade route between Anchor Point Station and the Frontier. Your ship's cargo is packed with dozens of tanks of dangerous tritium gas that is in the process of decaying into extremely profitable helium 3. Usually, cargoes such as these are towed in massive tanker modules that transport high concentrations of the gas at a safe distance from the actual freight hauler. But Montero isn't rated as a commercial towing vehicle, so your short run to Sutter's World, a newly established frontier colony, um, is requiring you to carry this dangerous gas inside your interior cargo hold of your ship. The, sh- the trip so far has been fairly routine. Uh, the Montero's sensors uh, developed a glitch before you left Anchor Point. Um, they sporadically are pinging contact with a sensor reflection uh, before you activated the displacement drive and went FTL. Your cargo run so far, again, without incident, um, and you are now awakening from hypersleep, ready to deliver your goods to the colony of Sutter's World. So basically what we're establishing, um, you're on a vessel that's not designed to carry what you're carrying, so you have to be a little careful. Um, Otherwise, um, it's an older ship, hasn't been maintained as well as it could be, so you're having a little bit of sensor glitch um, as you start your trip, but otherwise, everything seems to be going just fine. So, let me get to... What the heck is happening here? So, you are all being awakened in cryo, as you would expect at the end of your journey. Um, there are on the like little screens that are in the cryo room reminders that when you awake, you are dehydrated. That's a status in the game, and may want to go to the galley to replenish your valuable internal liquids. Um, But otherwise, you're going to be going through your normal stuff that you would do as you're approaching a trade outpost. So this would be a great time if you want to head to the galley to undehydrate. 
introduce a little bit about what people know about your character. So maybe, especially for the listeners, who you are, a little bit about your personality and what you do on the ship. And if you have a buddy or a rival on the ship, um, you can keep that secret or you can let us all know, but then players will keep in mind player knowledge versus character knowledge. That's fine too. Um, But just to let everybody know who you are. And if you choose not to undehydrate, you can let me know that as well. Just know you will have the status of dehydrated for a while unless you choose to hydrate. I feel like it's pretty standard. You wake up from cryo sleep, you go go, go to the bathroom, and then you go have a snack. (laughs) So, no. Definitely what Davis would be doing, but also visiting her, her locker immediately. The nice thing about the galley as well is it's one of the places on your ship that does have um, terminals. So if there are any new information, uh, incoming comms or anything like that, it's one of the places on the ship that you would be able to see those easily. Yeah, cool. Uh, Wilson will head on over to the galley. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as well uh, as well, Davis will head over, kind of eyeing Wilson a little suspiciously because he's a he's a corporate plant there to uh, yeah. So she's a little little suspicious of Wilson. Yeah, uh, Rye will also head that way. Maybe get a cup of coffee uh, and some water. Space coffee. Space coffee. <laughs> um, you are lucky being on a Wyland Yutani vessel. Um, you are known for having the best coffee available out of any of the commercial uh, freight supplies. Um, that's kind of what they're known for. It's actual coffee grown in the Earth region of Guatemala. The cornbread might suck, but the coffee's not bad. Right. So she didn't like the cornbread either. <laughs> uh, Chan will also make his way over, kind of following everyone, just kind of you know making sure people are there, hanging out. Right. Miller is also Captain Miller, um, heading to the galley, being careful to select some of the less pricey um, options for what rations she's going to get into. Um, But yeah. Because, again, even though you're on a commercial freighter, you pay for what you eat. But not for the coffee. Coffee's one of the only free items on the ship. I think Davis would uh, reach into her locker and pull out a a pill bottle and give it a shake, noticing that there's only a a few left. And... um, and shaking one out in her palm, even though there's only a few left, and uh, gravity gets a little squirrely out here, and it's artificially generated and everything, and uh, there's some glitches on the ship. She'll still throw it in the air as high as she can before catching it in her mouth and uh, the dry swallow it. It's a really dry one because the first thing she does before rehydrating. Yeah, you're already... So gross. One of the many pockets of her flight suit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
So you have that on you. Is that what your, uh, your item? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And I wanted to play it like, if she's not like the secret addict, you know what I mean? You're, <laughs> like, you're out and proud. Not like, a, <laughs> like, let's yeah, get on with this. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, oh, one, one second, everyone. I just need to uh, go back <laughs> to the, uh, I, I forgot my, you know, and then like everyone knows like, oh, she's going to go pop some pills. <laughs> It's just more of a... I'm a rock and roll clown. Well, and to be fair, (laughs) we are in a a world where recreational drugs are prescribed by corporate doctors. So they are not difficult to get, but they can be very expensive. Yeah, I think the shape clearly indicated it's uh, almost empty. So you're sitting down. um, The terminal that's in the galley um, goes off. There is a alert that starts to tell you that um, there is an approaching ship, and then halfway through the notice, the alert goes away. Well, since uh, Davis and Miller are buddies, and Miller's the captain, I think that Davis would, would look at Miller and like raise an eyebrow, like, what's up with that? But not, you know, like a nonverbal, what's up with that eyebrow? Yeah. Miller shrugs, says, I'm the captain, not the comm technician. <laughs> if anyone with comm tech wanted to look into it, you certainly could. That person is not Miller. How do you know if you have? Um, so on your character sheet, uh, context on the right side. It's cryptically labeled. Um, yeah, I know. It's, really <laughs> <laughs> it's a big button yeah, okay. that says context yeah, on it in the middle of your sheet. It's it's, it's one of the. I uh, have one contact. Yeah, and, and Miller has zero. Act of trying to be helpful. Yeah, the, the pilot will go over there and be like zero. Right. You could certainly click on that old context skill for me if you want to. Oh, ha! Modifiers, no modifiers. Submit. Nope. Did no this work? There you go. So you got one success. Mm. Woo! One success. And you don't have any stress dice yet, so it's fine. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Good it thing. looks like this is a sensor malfunction, a lot like what you had seen before you went into cryo at the start of the trip. Doesn't look like there's anything actually out there. Ah. I will relay that to the crew. Oh, it looks like there's just a, a sensor malfunction. I do what kind of place this guy should have, but that's where we're going with it. fucking nerd. <laughs> He's a nerd, guys. <laughs> Just a he just runner. wants to be he just wants to be friends with people All right. so you are continuing to hydrate um, is there anything else that you'll want to do before we get started with storyline things okay thanks champ <laughs> I don't think that's how you pronounce his last name it's close. <laughs> oh, corporate guy. <laughs> right. So, um, mother pings again on the terminal, this time requesting the captain's presence 
in the uh, mother node on the ship. So Captain Miller gets up um, and has to leave her precious coffee behind to go into the no food, no drink, static free room that the main mother terminal is housed in. I'm going to grab her coffee and pour it in my cup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds sounds like a plan. All right, so it's going to be a couple minutes that she's gone while you're, you know, getting ready to hopefully get a ping from Sutter's home and start to figure out the offloading process for your, your cargo. Um, and Captain Miller walks back in the room and looks... A little annoyed. Um, and she says, So, change in plans. We, um, mother picked up a distress call from a ship. Uh, we need to check it out. The transmission's pretty garbled. Um, so, mother wasn't able to translate it in any way. I listened to it. I can't figure out what it's saying, but it's definitely on a distress line. Um, we'll need to track it down to its source um, and go check it out. And so we'll need to do that before we can carry on to deliver our cargo, because we're actually not anywhere near Sutter's home where we need to be. So um, we'll need to, to get ready to do that. Questions? Wait, we got, we got pulled out of uh, cryo early? Yep, uh, mother was we supposed to wake up until we were there. Yep, distress call, you know, company rules. Do we, uh, um, do we get extra shares for doing any of this, or? I can tell you we get no shares if we don't do it, so we don't have a lot of option here. <laughs> Should have read the fine print, right? <laughs> well, right on. I'll get started on uh, plotting our course, I guess. So let me, let's see here. Double check where we are with our agendas. All right, and then I'm gonna start giving those to you. So this is Cham's agenda. Give that to Richard. There you go. Uh, let's see. Rye is Courtney O'Reilly, the bitter one. Um. You're already doing great, even without your agenda on here, so I'll go ahead and give you that. All right. And finding all the cards. Davis, that is for you. And... So if you click on it, will, will it like... If you just click on it, it from your hand, it'll show it for you. Other people can only see it if you drag it to the table. So okay. I'd recommend, Good you know, enough. not doing that, but whatever makes you happy. The cards are really small and they're hard to see. <laughs> All right. Um, there's yours. Mr. Wilson. 
give you a second to look through those. Usually for Act 1, for most people, they're not anything too crazy. But keep in mind, at the end of Act 1, I will review each of your personal agendas. If you have been doing things that work towards that agenda or are in line with that agenda, you will earn your story point for the act. This agenda mechanic is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and then again, agendas will be secret. Even if you end up doing something crazy and people figure out like, oh, this person got this thing or did that, whatever. Until the very end, we will not reveal all three of our agendas. So when we get to the end of the game, you will be able to share what your agendas were when we do our debrief. Um, and it will be pretty fun. All right. So we need to try to figure out where this distress signal ship is. Um, in order to uh, plot a course to it. We know we're in the area because we can get the signal, but does anyone have ComTech that wants to be in charge of trying to triangulate this, this signal that's happening? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I mean, I would, and I'm a little disturbed that the pilot doesn't have context. <laughs> I'm just up there, what do you do? And flipping, yeah, pulling Brodies around, so, yeah. like Planetoid or I something. I know what to like do that. is fly this motherfucker. Yeah. You care about anything juice. else. You <laughs> come the juice. So I will begrudgingly. <laughs> You're not going to be happy about it. Mm-mm. Oh, what, what's that other um, pilot? Oh, it's get your tits, it's time to peel the paint. Oh, yeah. Mm. Bobby's land. Sorry. Sorry, Courtney, you were saying. My bad. Oh, no, I was done. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go try to mess with that thing and find out where it's coming from, I guess. Do I roll? Yep. So if you click on contact me character sheet, it should roll it for you automatically in the chat. Oh, and if at any time you want to make sure I'm that no one sees your role, you Just can click that Make Role Secret button on your character sheet, too. Okay. Make Role Secret. Some of you may have a desire to do that at some point. All right. So there you go. Um, you got a success, which is all that is required. So um, you are able to kind of figure out where things are and get a better idea of where you all are on your journey to Sutter's home. So let me kind of move you over here and we'll move your ship about where you're at. And I will, obviously things are not to scale here since all of your ships are larger than stars at this point, but there you go. And that's where you're getting the signal for the other ship. So it's all your stuff is right about there. All right. So assuming since we successfully, Rai was able to get your new coordinates, um, pilot, I would assume you'd be on board with 
changing course? Yeah, absolutely. So real quick. Yeah. Uh, Daisy. Yes. Our uh, shuttle type thing. Is it currently attached to the Montero? Yes. Or is it? So it is, um, it is attached to the Montero. It is not made extraordinarily clear in your diagram where that is. So let me tink tink. But I would assume that it's kind of in your um, kind of cargo area. So if you move back here, the right side is kind of just that front part of the ship with all like the human areas. And then there's that ladder in the back and the ladder on the left, which takes you down into cargo areas and machinery areas. Um, And that's where your cargo shuttle would be. Uh, Okay, cool. So you are heading to your new destination. Suddenly, your sensors detect a ship approaching. Um, The unfortunate part is since you're working off of triangulations based on a distress signal from where it was at the time that you received it, your location is going to be a little bit off from what you were expecting. So um, the lights start flashing. You know those very unhelpful alien ship lights that just like blind you and strobe you to death. Um, All your warning lights are flashing red right now. Uh, The alarms are going off and mother says, impact imminent, brace for impact, brace for collision. Um, I need a piloting check from someone at minus two. I was gonna say, <laughs> I, I, I hope I get a chance to jump in here with like can the pilot handle that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to eyeball it. Oh, I will say it doesn't apply to all rolls, but if you are able to do something that you feel would help a roll, it does increase the modifier available to the person. Um, it helps us since there are only four players in this group. The max number of people that can help you is three, <laughs> so just saying. Um, but <laughs> in the case of a piloting help. role, unless you have an idea for something that would actually help, um, it's just going to be the pilot at a minus two at this point. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. I just click on this thing. Let's see what happens. Oh, like modifiers, I can do minus two, huh? Uh-huh. All right. Cool. Let's see what happens. Oh, right. All right. So despite your minus two, you have a success. So you are able to pull the ship just out of the collision course of this other vessel. Um, yeah. Could I get on the intercom first? Sure. Be like, strap in, motherfuckers, we're coming in hot. <laughs> um, you notice since you're on the bridge doing your piloting check, and that's where observation is. Um, one of the reasons that this was almost disaster is this ship that you almost hit is running without any running lights or beacons on whatsoever. Um, I feel like luckily, I would leave the intercom like turned on. Yeah, you can and, leave it like, open. Be think, thinking out loud, you know. Oh, this ship looks derelict. There's no power or anything. No lights, nothing. As um, you know, wildly 
manipulating the controls, right. throwing everyone around in the back like a little dog in the back of a station wagon yeah. on an icy road. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's Star Trek. You just kind of oh, no. power again. <laughs> yeah. A, a, a monitor catches on fire for some reason. Yeah, just <laughs> Spray it down. <laughs> um, Captain Miller does turn to you, eyes a little wide. She says, Thank fuck for that maneuver. We could have lost most of our ship to decompression if those tanks blew. Kind of thumbing yeah. towards cargo. Ah, they'll hold. <laughs> they'll hold. All right. So Captain Miller gives the order to throw on the floods and maneuver to uh, check out this ship. Floods coming on. As we uh, manipulate the old school, like, toggle switches. Turn on, turn the lights on. Old school. So, um, pilot, you would know, as you're trying to match up with the ship to get a better look, that the the vessel seems to be just cruising along at 0 0.04 light right now. Um, and uh, yeah, just so you know. That sounds like really fast to me, but <laughs> <laughs> but to the the space pilot, that would that would maybe seem low. Yeah, it's or... definitely not a normal like. Usually, like, if you're in cryo, you're usually FTL, right? So this is, like, just kind of limping along. Okay. No running lights. Um, as you get closer, especially with the floods on, through what space windows there are, um, no interior lights that you can see. Um, and Mother comes up, so anyone who is near a terminal would see the report that this ship is the source of the distress call. And as you continue to get closer, as you pilot towards the vessel, um, your lights pass over the, the name printed on the side of the ship. It says USCSS Cronus, and it is identified as a Wayland SEVM3 um, spacecraft. I had to Google it. I just had to know that 0.04 C is 26,824,665 miles per hour. Mm -hmm. It's just such a safe. Oh, I looked it up too. Yeah, it's fast for a person. <laughs> but, it's fast for a person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fast for a person, but slow for space. Yeah. <laughs> you said this was a Wayland ship? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Mother kind of lights up with that, you know, the scrolling binary that all of you can magically read to know what she's talking about. Um, she identifies that there is minimal power that exterior and interior lights are off, um, that the only signs of functionality she can detect is from the repeating SOS signal. Um, and then 
a basically a numbered list of three items shows up, preceded by the text, mandated by company rules. Your priorities are one, to recover any scientific data and samples from the Cronus, to escort salvaged Cronus to Anchorhead or any other Weyland Utani facility, and if there are crew, crew members, board the Cronus to salvage them as well. Save would be the human term. Salvage the crew members. <laughs> oh man, I've been looking for another big toe. This one's perfect. All right, and then Mother Sucks leg, bro. pops what? up on the terminal on that lovely flickering monochrome screen. Um, the floor plans of the Cronus, since it is a Lenutani vehicle. She has some information for you on that. It is a much bigger ship than yours, so some zooming may be required. There are multiple floors, or decks, since we're in ship mode. So, um, things to keep in mind. On deck A, you'll notice cryo, if there is crew. Uh, the mother unit is here at the front. Mine's just a black screen. Is that oh, just... he's still moving. Yeah. Yeah. Mine too. Mine take a second. Okay. Oh, let me make sure dynamic lighting's off. It is, so that should be fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, do that. Well, Save. that's all going that down. Ooh, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, yes. Well, it's all going down. I think uh, Davis would be like, you know, doing the whole pilot thing, like, like, like in kung fu movies where you like call out the move that you're doing you know twisting tiger and all that kind of stuff <laughs> so she'd be saying matching speed coming about helical flyby and scan for hull breach so she's like flying around the ship at its same speed in sort of a spiral yeah. in a pattern why don't you make a piloting roll then hull breaches uh-huh i thought you I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> I'm just a regular one. You're not in a minus anymore. All right, cool. So you have a success. So yes, you are able to match the ship's speed, um, get the ship at a kind of an ideal distance to figure out how you will board the ship. Um, but you are able to kind of match up at 0.04 light with the ship um, until you determine your next steps. Nice. Standard procedure. See if there's a hole breach that may have caused the, uh, not scuttling, but the the pressurization. You would definitely notice, just to keep this in mind as well, this ship is not a freighter. It is a, um, a corporate science vessel. Okay. Hmm. What was a science vessel doing way out here? Looking at the Miller and using that aloud. And Miller looks back at you and says, well, I don't know anything about science vessels, but I mean, I thought Montero was old. This thing's ancient. Hmm. Are, we, uh, are we all on the bridge like by now? Like strapped That's into our various seats? Totally up to you. Like, well, what it's doing out here is would have went to the bridge. (laughs) He's not going to help fly the ship. 
of the ship. <laughs> what it's doing out here is company business. <laughs> but we have direction, right? Well, that's helpful. Yeah, Brad's going to do the biggest eye roll in the history of mankind. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. And Miller turns to the rest of you. She says, Obviously, as captain, I will remind you that whether we want to or not, this is our current task um, in order to make sure we're keeping our shares for this, what should have just been a delivery. Um, but you can take a look at the map. Think about how we want to get over there. We can, there's a few options for that, depending on what we think might work. Uh, it does look like this other ship is a little beat up, but we should still be able to get into it somehow. Then uh, we can figure out how we want to do that. I'm not going to make anyone go on board the other ship, but I will say um, it's an old earth saying, you know, many hands makes less work so you know <laughs> we may may want to group up and go over there but if we want to leave some people here to kind of act as a home base we can do that too um but from what i can see on the map we can either since we're matching speed well we can try to use our umbilical to hook up to their ship try to get in that way um we could do a spacewalk over there, as long as we can keep the ships together, um, hop over in our compression suits. Uh, or we could take the shuttle if we could get into their vehicle bay. But with everything being down, I'm not sure that would be open. Uh, looks like we can hook up on deck A, Captain. There's a... Uh airlock at the uh, junction point there should be able to connect our umbilical and um, we're matched up right now it'd be it'd be pretty uh, it'd be a little tight but I could get in there well I mean we don't have to use the umbilical very often so I know most of us are not trained in its use um, but I will say in game terms, if anyone has heavy machinery, that would be the skill for trying to use the umbilical if you guys went that route. I can get the umbilical a shot. Fucking champ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just have champ do it. <laughs> Alright, well, any gear that you want with you? I mean, it seems like from all the readings we're getting... The ship's basically dead, and it's going to be cold as hell, so definitely have your suits on. I don't know if there's any life support on in that ship at all. All right. Well, let's see. Comtech. Com is Comtech what you would use to see if you could link up with the ship to um, control it remotely and see if we can turn on any of those uh, systems or anything like that? I would like to remind you that this is old school future tech, so such things can only be done through physical terminals. There are no wireless connections. Nice. That this is, awesome. is no, 80s no remote tech. Yeah. <laughs> IDRAC hasn't have, been invented yet. <laughs> they don't have any idea of how that no, how could possibly happen. <laughs> they can't even get 
helmet cameras to work, like, outside of proximity of, like, 50 feet of a ship, so, <laughs> yeah, definitely not a thing. So, but yeah, that's definitely an option. Um, if we can get over to the Cronus, we might be able to access a terminal to get things switched on. Might want to check it out first to make sure there aren't any significant breaches, since that would undo any progress you make with that, but... We should definitely send a ComTech over with the grunt to uh, see if they can get any systems back online. You volunteering me for extra work? <laughs> I mean, sure, I'm buddies sure. with the captain, so I'm like, <laughs> I'm making that suggestion to the captain so crew members can be volunteered <laughs> to do stuff. But that's just the that's just the kind of bitch I am. <laughs> yeah, uh, Miller kind of chuckles to herself, says, "Well, if uh, one of our priorities is to escort the salvaged vessel, then we might need a pilot over there too." Talk about your all-time backfires. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I've always wanted to get my hand on one of these things. Saw one in a museum once. Heard they handle like a rough bucket, but uh, when you kick them in the pants, they really get after it. I'll say, rugging into my back suit. Your giant, like, fishbowl helmet. Yeah, that big giant <laughs> helmet that's like putting a whole microwave on your head. <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, and then just for fan service, for some reason, right before we got all of this information, you were all in your tiny underwear um, before you got suited up. Yeah, space yeah. panties. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> man, they really take the, the weight and space like requirement. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> They're, they're like this big. <laughs> like, Do we need to write down that we're grabbing a suit under a gear? Yep, so if you check your character sheet, you'll have um, some slots over there for gear. Mm. Um, definitely write down your compression suit because it currently has five air in it. So you'll want to keep track of your consumables as well. Um, which are on the left side of your sheet. Um, so you have five air. And then, of okay. course, we had the gear list for the ship. I'll bring that up one more time, but you have access to it in your... Um, it's under USCSS Montero. Um, but that gear list that's down there is also available if there are any of those that you want to snag. If you're planning to head over to the other ship, remember it's up to you what that boarding party might look like. What skill do you use for the um, motion tracker? It says you need to make a power supply roll. Yep, so every time you use it, um, you'll notice that a full charge, I think it says is five power is what it has. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So on your character sheet, Oh, power. Yeah, you have power as a, a consumable basically. Oh, and it's rollable. Okay. Uh-huh. And so you'll literally make a power roll to figure out if it loses charge. Okay. Mm. So I feel like the captain, um, well, Cham, Cham has some jam, so he volunteered. But um, yeah, I kind of... volunteered for umbilical duty. So yeah, he's definitely part of the party. To, uh, 
finagle a contact to go over there. And the captain was like, yeah, and you should go too. So <laughs> I think our landing party is Cham Davis and, um, and Rye at this point. Does that sound correct? From what we've been told to do. Are you staying with the captain for now? Uh, yeah. Wilson's going to, I'm going to chill for a little bit. All right. Is there a skill to using the cutting torch? So. Or does that just go under the power supply thing? Cutting torch. Good question. Um, no, no skill in particular. Let me double check though. Um, yeah, if you have to use a power supply roll after every use. Well, let me double check close combat to make sure. Uh, let's see. Yeah, if you're using it in melee, you'll use your close combat skill. Um, since it is a close combat weapon. If you're using it as a weapon. But otherwise, yeah, instead of having bullets, it has, has that. Right, cool. Yeah. yeah um, Cham will just like uh, have a seat and a torch just in case they need to cut a door open or something. Yeah. No, that's a great, great idea. Because a cutting torch would make sense on a maybe not working hatch on a <laughs> derelict vessel. <laughs> All right. Anyone else taking any gear? Taking that motion tracker. Yeah. Good to check for survivors. That makes sense. Uh, but I could hand it off to someone else as necessary because I'm pretty much gonna make um like right for the uh um, I'm gonna try to go down a deck, you know, mm. for the um get to the bridge basically, the pilot station mm. and everything. Yeah, so many pilot stations. Yeah, do, do I want to come up with a plan before we go over there? Are we going to stick together for a bit, or... Well, if you want, you can... Divide and conquer. See if you're able to successfully uh, attach the umbilical. Because if you aren't, it might end up changing your plan anyway. True. True, true. So let's do that. And then once we figure out how that goes, we'll take a quick break. Um, and then we'll go from there. All right, so... Um, Real quick, is there yeah. like a uh, monitoring station where we can see the the old 480p or less? Yes. Uh, <laughs> head yeah, cams. the uh, uh, <laughs> 640 by 480 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yes, you would be at observation on the bridge uh, of Montero. So you and the captain are both hanging out there, basically. But yes, she would be gesturing since you're the corporate liaison. Like, Captain Miller basically just gestures to all the observation equipment and the little mother terminal that's there while she's taking over piloting duty um, to keep the ship in line with Cronus right now. So yes, you will have um, observation and then if they get things powered on and get access to um, communication terminals, we can say that the ships are linked up that way. Um, but for now, without power, they won't have that. But you will have their limited helmet cams for now with the uh, flickering VCR style <laughs> image that's on there. Nice. 
Right. So it is a heavy machinery roll to try to get the umbilical extension between the two ships to the main airlock of Cronus. Oh, oh no! Yeah. <laughs> All right. In accordance with ancient prophecy. <laughs> so many dice. Yet, so many dice. So many things. And we've so, been talking so much shit. Like you have come up so many times, Rich. Sorry, I'm not. No, no, I'm not trying to cut you. I'm just saying this is like a thing that has oh, been the talked podcast? about. Yeah, yeah. No. our buddy Rich, this if and that, yeah. people had <laughs> traits like in role-playing games, Rich's fatal flaw would be an inability to roll <laughs> dice. And it always changes with the system. And it's like, need does. to roll high? Nah. Need to roll low? Also nah. <laughs> like, <laughs> doesn't matter if we change systems. So, But here's a great opportunity to introduce... <laughs> rules, because this is the way that I like to learn them, is in in process of. As a human character, you are capable of deciding to push a roll if you'd like to. If you push a roll, you will gain a stress die, because the idea is you're like, oh shit, and then you like try again. Um, So you'd add your stress die first on your character sheet. You can actually click the little stress box to add a stress die if you want to, and then you can re-roll it. If it fails, it fails, but it gives you another chance if you want to take the stress to try to succeed. Otherwise, y'all will have to find a different way onto the ship. Oh, we gotta get over there. People could be, could be in danger, so, so that, we're gonna try this again. All right, so add a stress die and then try roll one more time. For those of you following along at home, no successes. (laughs) And a face sucker. You know, the worst possible possible. (laughs) role. If you thought if you thought we were bullshitting, now you know. Uh welcome. Welcome. (laughs) Bring it in. Bring it in. Let's hug it out. Let's see. Um, More rules. On your character sheet, you'll notice right in the middle top, kind of under your name and career, there's a nice, lovely little button that says panic. Panic. I need you to make a panic roll to see what happens. Panic roll. Okay. Luckily, with a six, you are able to keep your nerves in check. You're a little shaken by the fact that you just, like, really fucked up this whole entry onto the ship. Um, The umbilical kind of gets croggled because, I mean, really, it might be the captain's fault. She's trying to pilot the ship to keep you in line with the other ship, Mm, you know, mm. that sort of thing. But but it's... The pilot's right here. Not working. Yeah, because your pilot's here and your captain's piloting. So, you know. But no, no extra effects from your panic roll. Um, You are okay. So other options you could not use the umbilical i mean you've got some air in your compression suits you could do a quick space hop at 0.04 light um hop over there and 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 get into the airlock um or you can try to think of a different way onto the ship i mean to be fair Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh 
if we're matching speed, we're we're effectively, you know, stopped from our perspective. Right. No, I mean, you won't feel like you're going 0.04 light, but you will be. Like, I do. I mean, we will be. And that's. Oh, man. Well, it makes me wonder about how that works with like inertia and stuff like that. Like, if you're both going that rate and then you like jump off, you immediately like, like a, a, a piece of popcorn tossed out the, the the window of a moving vehicle, or because there's no like, you know, in an atmosphere, or, you're, you're be yeah, right. There's no, there's no atmosphere, there's nothing yeah. that's push against yeah. you. Yeah. So, you, so, you just keep going at that speed, except now you're yeah. just going in a you're lateral just, you're, you're at that speed direction. relative. You know, because you're all relative to each yeah. other right now. So you would just feel like you're hopping across. So we we would just we would just feel like we're in in zero g. Yeah. You know, or extreme microgravity. Right. Exactly. Ships, even though they're both traveling it. Yeah. Insane velocity. Yes. Yeah. I was gonna say, the success of the expanse should throw under sharp relief. That, well, I love this shit. So mm-hmm. you know, there's literally dozens of us. But don't mm-hmm. don't nerd shame me. <laughs> I can do what I want. That is true. I I have uh, allowed, I have allowed that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the umbilical plan did not work at this time. You could try to figure out a way to fix it up and try that again, or you can find a different method. I did have a question for you on this at some point. Yeah. You can send me a private message in Roll20 or in Zoom. Um, Up to you. The car I sent you may or may not help clarify things, but but definitely ask questions if you have them. It's fine. Dig it. (laughs) Did that help? Yeah. Okay. So in roll 20 to send a message. Uh, slash W space GM will send one just to me. Then in Zoom, you have that mm-hmm. handy uh, drop down as well. It's real nice. I like that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're still trying to figure out how we're going to get over there, right? Like, are we going to? Yep. At this point, you are still making a plan to get to the ship to fulfill your three corporate priorities, as described by Mother. And is the umbilical um, broken now? Because uh, (laughs) because Cham kind of failed a couple times, or can somebody (laughs) else try? It's definitely a little wonky right now. Um, you could definitely try to use it again. I would say that I would want to see another heavy machinery roll just to make sure that you can... I do it two ways. You can either do it in two rolls, where you do a heavy machinery to readjust and fix some of the things that got croggled, and then a second one to connect it to the ship, or... You can just do another heavy machinery roll, but at a minus one, um, unless there are people that can help somehow with the procedure. Sam can help. 
Yeah, can Cham help in his like panicked, <laughs> failed state? <laughs> ah, ah, I can't do anything. Um, he passed his panic check, so he shoved it down to a deep place that will certainly not come back to haunt him later. So we He's all know have how therapy. that works. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just a reminder. Um, so the way that like time passes in Alien RPG, um, you have like a turn, which is like a couple minutes. Um, you have a shift, which is a few like hours. Um, if you have time to sequester yourself in a safe place with your personal object, your special thing, um, then you can also reduce your stress as well. But otherwise, it is very difficult to do. No, I don't. I don't think I could help uh, help out at all. I don't have any command, so I couldn't be like, "Jesus, Cham, get your shit together," or something like that, mm. for another attempt. Um, let's see. No, no motivation. There are on my end. Yeah. How does the buddy so system work again? <laughs> like with your buddy and rival. Mm-hmm. It's just. Um, in certain situations, it's kind of just a role play hint of like, yeah, I'd probably put myself in danger to help that person, but hell no, nah, not that person. <laughs> or if something came up where it was like, you know, you have an opportunity to fuck over this person to get to safety, you'd probably be like, yes, to that person, but maybe not to your buddy. So, but yeah, so it's more of like a, a little role play hint than anything since you didn't make this character and so it's hard to have those relationships out of the gate just to kind of tell you who annoys you the least and who annoys you the most okay so, cool I think that uh, Davis would be into a spacewalk any excuse to like uh, you know um, try out something new about a, you know, um, for the rush, for the experience. So, mm. I don't know. She's she's all for that, just for the record. Okay. Uh, Rye is not into that um, <laughs> at all. <laughs> You don't get paid enough for that? <laughs> Hell no. Maybe for the right price. <laughs> uh, come on, Champ. You can do better than that. His name is Champ. <laughs> You're the worst. I've twice. <laughs> there's, gotta, there's gotta be something wrong with the umbilical. It's, it's, just, it's just not working. Need, need to dry dock. That's what it is. Need to dry dock. <laughs> we can fix it, but we'll need 20 hours in dry dock. All right. Uh, fair enough. Well, uh, I mean, I wonder. I wonder if, uh... I mean, you can spend a shift just fixing the umbilical to make another attempt. I feel like Davis would be like, ah, oh, fuck this, and she would, like, leap across and make the spacewalk with, like, a trailing a line, you know, mm -hmm. so that the other people could, like, space zip line across or something like that to make it easier for them. Okay. You know, have a line to follow or something. Sure. I don't know. 
<laughs> tethering two giant ships together at 26 million miles an hour seems with, with like yeah, a Yeah, well, I mean, it's not rope. a tow line or anything, right? It's just right. like for you to like have something to get across. Mm-hmm. Like you're just taking you your big old on hard to... drive magnet or whatever and like splunking it on the other ship. Yeah, it's just, you know, clanking it on onto the little, I don't know, handle next to the airlock match or whatever. Yeah, I feel like that's something that Davis would absolutely do because she'd be, she's very Geronimo, she's very adrenaline junkie. So. All right. So if you want to try that, if you're just going to go for it because that's what you do, um, that would be a mobility roll. All right. Yeah. Let's see what happens. But I should get on the comm and be like, Captain, these roughnecks can't get their shit together down here. I'm going to have to go across manually. Uh, wish me luck. See you all on the other side. Out. Yeah. And Miller uh, just shakes her head like that crazy bitch. Like, <laughs> right out of the airlock. Sure. With a, you know, a little line spooling out. Except it's in space, so it'd just be like. Yeah. In space, <laughs> no one can hear your line unspool. Right. Yeah. All right, let's see what we got. Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> we're rolling after Rich. You got that yeah, right. off on me. I'm never going to get to this other ship ever. Right. So I will give you the same option that I gave to Rich. If you would like to push the roll, you can take a stress die and re-roll it. So um, I would. Otherwise, I will let you know why that failed. Where's the, uh, do you, you just up your stress level yep, by so one by clicking box, on that? Yeah, to up your stress level and then do the roll again. And it will add your a stress mobility die for again you. At a, oh, it adds it for you so you don't do a, mo- a modifier? Yeah, right. so if you click the stress box, mm-hmm. so yeah, I got a you might more, succeed. So. I need you to yeah, I mean, click on that panic button that's up at, towards the top of your sheet. Okay, another six. Mm-hmm. So in this case, mm. You don't panic. You almost do. It's like you almost lose it, and then you're like scrabbling to find a place to connect your your line. Um, but you do it. And you're able to like take a deep breath because this is what you live for anyway. That felt real yeah. good. That's the I was gonna. Jason. I was gonna push it again if I failed this one. <laughs> Just so you know. Okay. <laughs> um. But yeah. So you succeed. You are able to scrabble your way like down the side of the ship before you find a place to connect and then you can manipulate back to the um uh the door there the airlock the main airlock um you do note when you get there that the main airlock appears to be damaged so it may require some Kajiggery to get into it or some cutting if you want to do that if you want to breach it that way um, but it's definitely not like responding in the normal way 
And we don't have like radios or anything like that in our helmets or anything. Is that I will is that say correct? If you have your compression suit on, I'm just gonna double check. Otherwise, I'm gonna make a a call. So give me one second. Suits and armor. It's all about the belt or hand signals. Yeah, I was gonna say we have to do the whole. All right. So you have a comm unit in your helmet. Um, so it can sync to any mobile or stationary monitoring system. Um, so you can communicate with other people who have their suits on and you can communicate with the observation terminal in Montero. Cool. All right. Good to know. Mm -hmm. So once I'm, uh, once I'm locked on, I guess, and have the, uh, the rope, like, Attach the line, I guess. The rope sounds too rustic. The line. Right. Once once I have the line secured, the I'll tether. radio back to the team on the team channel. Yeah, the tether. I'll radio back on the team channel, you know. It line secure. Sorry. Tether secure. This airlock's fucked. Uh we're gonna need some uh Input over here, Cham. Get your ass over here and get this thing open. Um, I will say, Wilson, since you had been monitoring otherwise, uh, but what you probably witnessed in the really, um, real good camera that's on the helmet of that spacesuit was you saw Cronus getting like closer, 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 and then go whoop, start sliding past, and then suddenly some tumbling, and then. <laughs> and then the message like totally got it like <laughs> calculated smooth as butter <laughs> smooth as reposado <laughs> alright so cool um, there is a tether between the two ships airlock to non-functional airlock what would you like to do? Alright, I'll radio over there. Alright, Chan's on the way. Hook myself up the line. Yep, and you don't need to roll because there is a line there, so that is fine. Nothing to mess oh, with nice. you. Everything is peaceful. Easy peasy. Alright, but when you get over there, you do note that the uh, main airlock appears to be damaged. Uh, how would you like to resolve this? Uh, I guess I got my uh, my torch here. Try to cut a hole somewhere. Is there? I don't know. Is, is there like a, a lot, like a single lock that I can cut through, and then just it's just a loose door that we can push open, or is the whole thing? Yeah, it's not like it's paper sealed or anything. It's almost just like it's not responding. So with your knowledge of general shippy whatnots, especially if this is an old ship that you're approaching, um, I'd say, yeah, you could make a few choice cuts to force the door open, basically. Um, And that would be fine. You would just have to roll for your, is it power that your torch has? Yeah. Yeah. 
So let's do power. Nice. So that means I lose the power. Yep. All right. All right, but you are successful, and so now I'm you have successful. access to the other ship um, at the main airlock. Um, obviously, it does mean that the main airlock proper um, is not sealed, so you can't have you know any sort of, I mean, good compression there. But there is a, uh-huh. a hatch between the rest of the ship there, so. As long as you get that close, I guess you'd be all right. But, uh, but yeah, so just something to keep in mind if you need to repair that later. And actually, I might... Let's see, where's your airlock? It's over there. Okay, let me see if I have a token for the airlock being open. I think I do. What hell? Yep, I do. Of course I do, because that's a thing that happens. Of course, of course. All right, and so we'll put that you have an open airlock here. Want to get back on the radio, I think, because mm-hmm. you you got it open, right? So Cham got it open. We were kind of in that little depressurized airlock bay there with the mm-hmm. door just kind of flapping in the space breeze. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's more that he cut it in a way that you could like force it into its recessed slot enough to get into it. Oh, got it. Okay. But yeah, surgical approach. All right. Hey, good job, champ. <laughs> I knew you could do it, champ. Like you're talking to your 10 year old stepson or something. <laughs> Okay. I'll probably get back on the team channel. <laughs> Be like, all right, Ryan, you're up. We're gonna need you over here too. I'm sorry, your comms are not really. Good. Did you say you're gonna pay me a bonus? I'm going th- right. going through a tunnel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tunnel. I can't really hear you. You're breaking up a little bit. There. <laughs> yeah, I'll head over. <laughs> Yeah, don't make me come get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Captain Miller hops on the uh, communication terminal on the bridge of Montero and says, I will personally give you part of my share, right? If you just get us through whatever it is that we have to do here so we can make this delivery. How much of your share? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need detail. <laughs> Sorry. You said thumb, and some isn't a number. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm getting uh, clarification on that. Half? Half? I think half seems fair since I'm going over there and you're sitting here doing who knows what. Um, mm. Half? Uh, let's see here. I'm going to make a command roll. Ooh, I'm pretty good at it. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> well done. Miller give, uses captain voice on you. Like, right, just get it done. We can talk about it when you get back. Maybe if you do a good job, it'll be a higher percentage. 
grumble, grumble, go across the line. <laughs> okay, I am going to grab a generic person token. As y'all split up, if you decide to do so, we can assign different tokens to different people. But for now, y'all are here. Um, and I will make that controllable by everybody so you can move it around. Okay, so again, the airlock is open because of the cuts that had to be made, potentially repairable at some future point. Um, but looking at the map here, you can see that there is an opening directly from the airlock into other areas of deck A or a ladder that would take you up to the other, or down, more likely to the other decks. Okay. Is there mm -hmm. a terminal inside the airlock area to kind of see if there's there atmosphere is on the inside? an intercom in here, but not a terminal. The terminal symbol on the map looks kind of like a big derpy calculator. So. Blackberry, uh, old school cell phone. <laughs> yeah. It's a Blackberry. Um, Blackberry. Uh, let's see. So. Um, yeah. Looks like the closest one is down by Cryo. Yep. Or yeah, if you, you could try to get into uh, Mother because Mother Terminal is here um, on deck A as well. But. Usually, that requires a key card access, which you may not be able to do. I mean, you could try to bust it anyway, but I'm just saying you may not actually get any answer from Mother on the ship. Yeah. I'm still heading to Deck B anyways. So. Are y'all going together to Deck B, or are you starting to split up? Because I can start well, moving tokens around too. That's what I was going to ask, like, I mean, is there like a chain of command on this here, or is it just Wilson in charge of everybody, or like, how does that work? So, um, obviously, Wilson, well, Miller is the captain, Wilson's the corporate person, so if you're right, talking right, about right. your three priorities right now, Wilson could help make sure that you understand the necessity of those and what those are. Um, but otherwise, like what y'all have been told, you everyone has the same three priorities, which were a surprise to everyone when you got them after waking up, um, which is, okay, we have to do these things, right? And those things are, just to remind you, uh, recover scientific data and samples, escort the salvaged uh, vessel to Anchorhead or another Weyland-Yutani facility, and save crew members on the Cronus. Right now, because your goal is basically the main thing, right? You have to be able to escort the ship um, if you're going to do that anyway. Um, but you're kind of just, you were supposed to get access to the ship so you all could figure out what to do as a crew. If you decide to start scouting now just to see what this situation is before you all come back together on Montero to make a plan, that's fine. If you want to make a plan through comms, that's fine. Um, but your goal up to this point was just to get access to the vessel, which you did. 
So now it's up to you how you want to figure this out to meet those three objectives so that you can get on with your life and get your shares. Okay. So I'm going to head to the bridge to uh, start prepping the ship for escort and see if I can get any systems online. Um, I don't know. I don't know what y'all are going to do. Someone might want to see to this airlock so that we don't uh, blast ourselves out inadvertently with it non-functional, but uh, that's between y'all. Well, hopefully the the door, because, you know, an airlock is usually like a, you know, like a DNZ or something. So hopefully the door that leads into the ship isn't broken. We can just access that. Right. No problem, and it'll still seal behind us. So yeah, yeah. that's the thing is like right little, now. Little if there's any. Yeah, the this area is open to space, but you do have other doors like to the rest of deck A and a hatch mm-hmm. to the ladder leading to deck B and stuff like that. So it's otherwise secure. Um, but right. I will make this one. I'll close this door and I'll just try to give it a little seal if we can, but. If we're planning to be over here for a yeah. while, I'm probably I'm probably going to yeah. run over to this terminal here and uh, see what I can see there. All right. Poke around. And then, uh, Santi, I gave you access to this token up here okay. since you went up to deck B. Gotcha. So, yeah, assuming that Cham can um, seal the outer door enough for us to get inside without letting, you know, Without the outrush of um, pressure in the ship, if there's any, we don't even know. Right. Um, yeah, so we can talk about that too. Except for the outer airlock door, which you had to cut through, all of the other doors appear to be running based on backup power. So they're all basically push button and then they go, you know, do that whole thing. They all still appear to be on. So there is power at some low maintenance level. Um, All the lights are off. So the only light that you have exploring the airlock that you're in right now comes from the giant flashlights on top of your fishbowl heads. Um, So there's that. Um, No interior lights at all, including emergency lighting. Um, And let's see, it's cold. Um, any sensors you have would show that it's in functionally a freezing state. Like it's not deep, like space frozen. So there's obviously some limited, like I said, kind of underlying support power running to keep it at a baseline, but it's definitely too cold to be out of your compression suit, um, in there. Yeah. You'd have to get to a terminal and use some comm tech to figure out the state of atmosphere in the in the ship but uh yeah and then obviously where you are now um if you are on deck a main things to note uh you have your main airlock at junction the junction that you're at right now um you did that and then you have your mother mainframe um a little downship. There are the air scrubbers, elevators that give you access to other areas, cryo chambers, and exam rooms and such, um, and some storage. 
Okay, so we were able to get in. Yeah. Pretty, pretty straight forward. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the... ch- channel okay. made the cuts that allowed you to get through that outer door. Um, let's see what it says about that. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's yeah. that's what I'm wondering. Like, are we able to get into the inner door? Yeah. So there's a venting the whole ship. Okay. The ladder does go down. So this is the upper deck. So yeah. Um, yes, you are able to get into the main airlock. Like I said, all the push buttons seem to be functional, so you can open the hatch to the ladder going down to decks B and C, or you could um, open the doors to the other areas of deck A from here. There's like that south door. Um, You can take environmental readings, I suppose, if you want to. It says that's possible, but um, the only thing to note is it does not appear that you can, without doing some hardcore repairs like spending time, um, close uh, the the airlock door now that you have it open. Okay. So, and I think that checks out. Or I, I would tell everyone where I'm going and why, and then start climbing down the ladder to deck B after saying, like, you know, might want to see to that outer door and uh, and make my way down to deck B via the ladder. Right. The ladder is undamaged and the doors to this junction seem to work. Oh, nice. So we can go right out these doors and onto the bridge. I guess... Now would be a good time to maybe check the motion tracker. All right. So you have to make a power roll for using the motion checker. All right. You do not lose any of your power. Um, but um, and you're alone right now, right? Yes. Unless right. someone followed me, I'm by myself on deck B on the bridge. All right. Did anyone choose to Unless go? Something followed you. <laughs> Did anyone choose to go with Davis, or are the other two of you still staying at Junction A at the airlock to check out that area? Uh, I was going to try to do a quick repair on the door, just to... Uh, on the airlock door? Um, yeah, sure go ahead and make a me. heavy machinery if you want to do that. See if you can do something. Is there any hey. way I can assist? Oh, never mind. Doesn't need it. <laughs> you can always give a help if you want, which just would add a success. So yes, you would make your heavy machinery roll. Um, again, just noting down in the skills. Two successes. What's the success thing on the uh, on thing? Because there's the face hugger and then there's... Yeah, you can either get the face hugger, a nothing, or you can get an extra success with your stress die. So in this case, you've well, that's just an extra success. more okay. successes. More success. So, um... For heavy machinery, um, there are things that you can do with your extra successes. You can gain a plus one to a later skill roll related to this one. Um, You can basically make the repair so well that you don't need to roll again for this door in the future. Um, You can do it more quickly, so you can do it in half the time it would normally take, because I'd say this is not an easy repair. 
Um, if you wanted to, you could choose to break it permanently. Just saying, some characters may have agendas that would want them to do such things. You can do it quietly so as not to attract attention, or you can do it in a way that shows off to the other people around you. And again, you can choose one of those for every extra success, so you can do two of those things on top of succeeding. Ooh. Uh, so, I mean, we'll do it quickly, mm-hmm. and we'll make this like a permanent thing. Okay. Something I can do quick, like, all the time, because... Uh, since this is the one that we're tethered to now, we won't have to try to move the ship about to another right. airlock because right. I broke this one, so. All right, so I'll say instead of it taking like an hour or so to fix, you are able to fix this door in a matter of minutes. Mm. Um, and you're able to fix it such that you believe you can open and close this door at will going forward. You do not have to roll again to try to open and or close the door. So yeah, that sounds good. Look at that, guys. Like, I broke it and then I fixed it again. That's 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 what I do. You Stupid great. umbilical. It wasn't, it wasn't me, it was the umbilical. That's, what, that's what's broken. Alright, so meanwhile, um, obviously they're spending a few minutes fixing that door. Um, upstairs, or, or downstairs, Deckby Davis you are using your motion tracker once you get to the bridge? Is that when you decide to pull it out? Or did you do it before mm-hmm. you moved over there? All right. No. Basically, as soon as I like cross the door and I mm-hmm. hear into the bridge, I'll check it okay. as I'm walking in towards the comm station. All right. So you didn't lose power, uh, which is good. Um, you're alone. You're like seeing in the like kind of narrow cone of your headlamp, basically as you look around the bridge and you look down at your motion tracker as you kind of like smack it on to see if you're getting any signs of movement. And you can see at first sort of your, your fellows in the junction below you. Um, But then they kind of, I mean, they're working, but they're not actively moving. So you see their little blip go off because that's what happens when things stop moving and you're getting these, you start to get, like, after their blip goes off, you start to see these other pings in various places of the ship, but it's almost like they're moving just barely for a second and then going away. Like, so quickly you can't pinpoint their location on the ship. I would like you to mm. add one stress, please. Right. Added. We'll broadcast to the team. Uh, we got some this on this motion tractor. It's acting a little squirrely. You can hear giving it a shake in the background, kind of banging on the side a little bit. It's reading really weird. Uh, I don't think we have any motion. I read you guys okay. So, uh, yeah, should be clear so far. I'm going to see if I can get any secondary systems online and uh, maybe turn the lights on. Oh, and then I suppose I should ask, Wilson, have you been monitoring the video feed of Davis at this point? Or were you following more the uh, the folks at the door? Uh, I was following, I'm following Davis at this point because uh, she's the one that's, you know. Moving around. Moving, yeah, out and about. Um, and I'm pretty for sure Champ knows he's doing a good job. All right. Um, you 
will also take a stress because you saw the movement on the motion tracker uh, through the camera. But again, very irregular movement, not like someone traversing one area to the next. It's like movement and then stop. Not long enough to really catch where it is. All right. What would y'all like to do next? Well, uh, make, make sure you keep an eye on that, uh, that motion tracker, Davis. We're going we're gonna to move over this terminal here and, uh, you know, talk around a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see if I can, um, you know, do what I said, uh, bring secondary systems online, turn the lights on, see if I can get any information from, I don't know, the... Uh, the log or anything like that as to what happened maybe but i mean that that's all like while the other systems are spooling up because my primary goal is to prep the ship for escort so getting it ready for us to escort it to um whatever um, anchor station i think was what you said right yeah so that's my primary primary goal while those things are clicking and clacking and booting up. I'll see if I can turn the lights on and do an atmo check and all that kind of crap. Okay. Um, go ahead and roll Comtech. All right. <laughs> My forte, yep. Comtech. Well, you said you're trying to use computer to do a bunch of stuff. All right. Ooh. Since it's a failure, I will tell you why it is a failure. Um, since that's my job as your game mother, it's not that you suck at computers. Um, I'd say like flipping the familiar switches that you would know from your pilotiness. Um, you do get like some underlight, so you get the very faintest of emergency lights to come on. Um, but otherwise, it, these systems are very much like running dark right now. You think if you had a better contact skill, maybe you could get it to tell you something, um, but it seems like power is being diverted only to essential systems and the systems on the bridge, including piloting and stuff like that, are not part of that list of systems. All right, what about the uh, Atmo check? Can I get anything You failed your Hom tech roll. Are you doing an Atmo mm. check like through your like suit? Like just uh, basic sure. levels, yeah, that's fine. Well, yeah, I mean to start with, yeah, sure. sure so not? you would anyone who's on the ship would know artificial gravity is still working because you're not flying around places once you're in the ship proper. Um, mm. Well, and once you've fixed the airlock door and all that fun stuff, um, so that's fine. Um, if you did a quick check, you would notice that. Um, air is pretty carbon dioxide heavy. So um, it seems like maybe the air scrubbers aren't working. So not unbreathable, but not comfortable. Okay. Well, I guess I'll move on to um, prepping the ship for escort. Um, How would you do that? Um, I don't know. Like stamp switch, push press, twist, pull, that sort of thing. You know, I don't know. 
right. Well, you're definitely staying in this area to take a, a better look around, right? So you're going to the pilot yeah. stations, I would assume. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We'll go over there. Um, so let me give you a little bit more information about what's on the bridge so you can tell me where you want to go. All right. Um, obviously, the bridge is on battery reserve, so it's mostly shut down. There's a faint standby illumination, so there's a weird slight orange glow in the bridge overall. Um, the blast shutters are lowered, so around the viewports, so you can't see outside. You can see soot on the ceiling, where it looks like there have been some stations that got burnt out during whatever happened here. There is a command station. There is a holographic display table. There's a sensor station, life support monitors, and pilot stations. So if you want to let me know which area of the bridge you're checking out, I'm happy to do that, and then we'll switch to someone else. Okay. Um, I'd probably go to the life support, or sorry, a pilot station and start, um, like, like I said, there's got to be stuff that needs to be done in order, you know, if yeah. we're going to tandem fly, if we're going to um, go basically this ship, you know, um, so, sla if we're going to slave this ship to ours and, right. and fly it in tandem to anchor station, there's got to be lots of prep that has to be done. All right. So, so you're at pilot station one right now, it looks like. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so the first thing you notice when you walk over to pilot station one, which you wouldn't have seen from afar, is someone's taken, remember those little space axes that are at the end of Alien that she sees when she's in the shuttle? Oh, yeah. Space yeah. hatchet. Yeah. yeah, space hatchet. One of those has been left embedded in the console at pilot station one. Um, so it, it's not looking great <laughs> right now. Looking across to pilot station two, you can see that it's um, like the screens aren't on, but it doesn't look like it's been hatcheted. Okay, we'll have to make our way over there then. All right. Instead. Um, again, the screens are off. Something needs to be done to get power on, you think, before you can do anything with these stations. Oh, well, yeah, you know, then we definitely want to try to get the power back on, but that might not be my, uh, my forte, so. Right. Deck A crew, what are you doing now that the door is fixed? I reckon we should get some power. What do you think, champ? <laughs> yeah, that sounds champ. <laughs> so there, there's yeah. a terminal on the map over here, so I, I think we should head that way. Okay, yeah, let's go that way. Here, <laughs> <laughs> like over the radio. Uh, I, mean, I can't do shit up here without power, guys. Do you have anything on that? <laughs> like, oh, we were just talking about that. Um. Let's see what I can offer as well, if anything. You guys are heading over to the terminal. What would you like to do at this um, non-main, but still mother-connected terminal? It does have, again, you did notice um, after 
Davis went upstairs and did something on the bridge. Uh, the very dim, like emergency lighting, like the movie theater style, just the little strip on the floor to help you get through hallways without walking into a wall turned on. Um, and some of these terminal screens do appear to have like basic um, power uh, to, to access to do things. But what would you like to do? Uh, my main idea is to check on the status of the engines and life support. Okay. I can probably do some tappity taps on the keyboard to try to find that out. Yep. Uh, that would be a good calm tech role for sure. And I would say since Cham's giving you some also helpful advice about things maybe to check on, you may have a plus one modifier. Oh wait, that didn't work at all. <laughs> I gooped that up. <laughs> so I don't put plus, I assume. No, I just, just put one? Yeah. Gotcha. I think so. We're learning it together to see how the system works. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, you didn't fail it. <laughs> well, I mean, you didn't hardcore destroy yourself on it. You didn't succeed. Do you want to push it, or do you want me to tell you why it didn't work? I think I'll push it, because I want to get this done quickly um, and get out of here. Makes sense. All right, add one stress, then try your roll again. Um, Above health. There we go. Is it still plus one? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you awesome. still have you still have help. You're just annoyed by it at this point. <laughs> Y'all are just doing God. so well with that. <laughs> oh no! Um, would you please make a panic roll for me? The panic button is the top of your character sheet, kind of under your name. Oh, there it is. Okay. No, you're good. (laughs) So um, you're annoyed. You're doing everything you can, all the normal stuff that should be working. The problem here is really power. So you can get just like these really baseline readings. Like you can see like CO2 levels, high temperature, unsafe conditions, gravity maintained at base levels like you can see that things are basically on like very emergency life support style the air scrubbers don't seem to be working because carbon dioxide's high but otherwise without power you're not able to access any of the commands that you need to do anything helpful well i guess we could always head down to the reactor presume presumably that's where we should go next. What do you think? Or I'll go down myself. I'm gonna start heading uh, that way. <laughs> I'm irritated. I'm that's going a good down. idea. Oh, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Just like was stomping that direction. <laughs> like the idea of brumbling as you're walking off. I guess we should just go over here. I'm just gonna fucking go. I'll just fucking do it myself. Things you would know since you're the contact person. Um, you can go to the reactor and just make sure nothing is malfunctioning there. Um, otherwise, um, you could 
try to access Mother uh, directly through the Mother Terminal room um, to try to get things set up that way. It is up to you. Well, Mother's closer, right? I'm assuming the elevators aren't functional with no power. Um, Yeah, you would be stuck using ladders a lot since power is off. So if we're heading back up towards Junction A, Mother's right up there. So I will head toward Mother and give it a shot before we go down three levels to the um, reactor. Yep, makes sense. All right, so heading over to the Mother mainframe. Um, Let's see. You know that you would need from some sort of corporate person a emergency access command sequence or key to get into the room proper. So you would either you can try bust in you do have a cutting torch Um, otherwise uh, you might have to talk to your your good friend Wilson to see if see if he'd be willing to give you his corporate command sequence. Damn it. Um, okay, I'll go to the the calm thing. Because you said we can't just... You can do it from your helmet since Wilson is actively monitoring you from the other ship. Oh, awesome. Yep. So I'm, I'm going to radio Wilson and be like, Hey, corporate, can you give me a fucking code to get through this door? And you would see the, where they are. You would note this is the the mother terminal door that they're on, uh, that they're at the other ship. Uh, I'm going to need some justification for that. You've given us these, we've got these fucking things that we have to do, and you're sitting on your ass. If you want us to do it, we need power. I got to get through these goddamn, can you just give me a code? Hmm. Hmm. I uh, I don't think I can authorize you any uh, any kind of special access, but uh, Captain Miller, if you would like to uh, grant her that, you know, if you can take your uh, access card over there and you know uh, you can get into uh, speak with Mother, then I don't have a problem with that. Um, as much as I would love to do that. I am not granted by Waylon Utani, um, one that works on other ships. Only corps get those. Uh, the only other thing I could think of, we know that there was crew on this ship. Maybe get to cryo and see if their stuff's still there. Uh, if they have a card, you can use it. I'll go ahead and uh, I can double check this directive, see if there's any exceptions that can be made in this case. Uh, so let me go reference mother here on the ship. Uh, I'm walking towards cryo just for the record. <laughs> Sounds good. But yeah, uh, Captain Miller looks over at you, Wilson's like, yep, makes sense. Uh, you probably will get more info on the directive than I would anyway. Fucking bureaucracy opening cryo one <laughs> looking around pissed off. <laughs> All right, let's see what's going on here. Here's cryo chambers. All right, as you approach 
the door to the cryo chambers. You'll note that the main door into this area has claw marks around the edges, like something was trying to scratch its way in. You can see inside, like through the little window in the door, the cryo beds are covered in frost. Um, but you do see like the little emergency lights on inside the pods. It does look like a few of them are occupied. Um, most of them are vacant. It looks like there may ha be survivors in here, though. It's hard to tell without going inside. Um, but it looks like um, pressing the button, if you were going to, to get into Cryo 1, um, it is locked from the inside, so it would require a heavy machinery roll to open it. Chan, you, uh... <laughs> Up comes Chan! <laughs> All right, let's, let's see what this door's got. <laughs> hey. Oh, there you go. So again, uh, same stunt options as last time, and you would get two again, but you certainly can open it um, with whatever stunts you want to apply to make that work better for you. And I can pop up that list if it would help. Uh, is it under yeah, rolling dice? Uh, it's, under it's under skills, skills and skills. Gotcha. Uh, this. Um, because of the claw marks, be a little bit more like, huh, the fuck? So I'm going to try to do this quietly, but also to show off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry, I got this. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's oh, like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Impressive. So, um, so yeah, I will get back to you in just a second. Then the door slides open, claw marks notwithstanding. <laughs> Don't know why there's claw marks on this spaceship, but whatever. Uh, let me sant this, and then I will get back to what Santiago's character is doing. Uh, let's see. First of all, I'd probably hop on the team channel, like, yeah, try and stay off comms unless it's something absolutely necessary. I'll tell him what to do. <laughs> um, let's see here. They just got cryo open. I'm sure y'all heard about that since I'm sure most of you are keeping comms open at this point. But let's see, Davis. You're at that pilot station. What are you doing? Oh, um, like, I am... You can move uh, around, obviously, but that's where we left you. Well, like I said, I assume that once you, you know, push the necessary buttons to um, start, you know, bringing the ship online with its various systems so that it can be uh, slaved to um the montero then that's gonna take a while as it does its stuff well like you so, said you couldn't get it to do any of its stuff because there's no power oh right i'm still waiting on that mm -hmm. okay still waiting on power all right cool so well, you can then... check out some of the other stations on the bridge or you could go elsewhere it's totally up to you oh uh, yeah let's check out the life support monitor then see if I can gather any information there. Right. So power, like I said, is in emergency status right now. 
So none of the controls seem to be on, like all the little buttons with all the weird symbols on them that are on every alien sh ship that exists in the in the lore. Um, those aren't lit up, but the terminal is lit up, and you can see that the like mother is responsive at this station. Oh, awesome! Yeah, let's start accessing the. Um... Any, any logs or information that um, Mother can give us um, about, like, I don't know, what happened or um, any help with bringing uh, life support online more in line with, you know, human requirements. Sure. Mother says, you are accessing life support monitors. On behalf of Weyland Yutani, you're welcome. Currently, red status, bad air. Carbon dioxide levels are high. Maintenance must be performed on air scrubbers. Oxygen generation system may need to be replaced. Ooh, goodness. Um, can I ask for uh, where the crew is? Cryopods are online. Okay, cool. So that that seems pretty uh, pretty reasonable indicator that <laughs> the crew is in cryo right now um i'll check in with the uh the rest of the team to see how they're coming along with that with that power okay yeah right where are you guys what's your 20 who wants to know standard riots of davis quit yanking my chain <laughs> She's such, she's such a joker. We're, we're just down here at the cryos. <laughs> Mother's saying the crew is down there. You guys, uh, is that wash with, with what you guys are seeing? Yeah, I don't know if the crew's the only thing that's down here. Uh, there's some weird... You should come down and check out these claw marks. Maybe help us. Help us. Help. Maybe help us. Um... <laughs> I'll help you as soon as you get power online. What's the uh, status with that anyway? That's fucking Corpo over there. We need to get into Mother and find out how we can fix it. What, what, have, you, what have you found? What have you been doing up there? Well, found out life support's fucked. We might have to fix the uh, air scrubbers, but that might not help because the oxygen generation system uh, seems to be offline and might need to be replaced. But I can't do shit else without power, so that's what everything's hanging on right now. Did you say claw marks? Are you fucking high down there? That can't be right. It's got to be tool marks or something like that. Put your finger out of your ass. I mean, they, these look pretty clawy. Um. <laughs> but it is a science vessel, so who, who really knows what they're doing on these things? It's true. True that. Um, you were able to open Cryo 1 at the very least. Um, and it looks like when you did your heavy machinery to get that door working, the others seem to be in series with that and they appear to be activatable as well. So you've got your cryo rooms accessible should you want to go inside. And you said the claw marks were on the outside. Can I check the inside of the door and see if there are claw marks on the inside? <laughs> Um, absolutely. So, sticking your head into one of the cryo chambers. Um, again, you can see that some of them are occupied and covered in frost. 
Um, there are no apparent claw marks on the out on the inside, just on the outside, as if something was trying to get access into the room. Maybe it was a pry bar. Maybe someone was trying to get in there. You don't know. Um, and uh, you can see also like personal item lockers lining the walls that seem to correspond with the various uh, cryo beds. I, I will head to the lockers and start rummaging through people's stuff. It's always, always a good idea. Um, let's see. Personal gear of the Cronus crew. So I can pull that up here in a minute. But I will say as you head to the lockers, walking by some of the cryo beds, um, you'll notice uh, that, again, um, in this room, two of them, because there's like four in each room, it looks like, um, two of them have desiccated corpses inside. Apparently, whoever was in here was in here so long, they had time to basically mummify. Um, and then the other two that are in here uh, appear to have viable crew inside, and there may be more crew in the other cryo chambers as well. Um, obviously, they are not awake. They are still in stasis. Uh, looking through the lockers, you can see mostly personal effects, because as we know, everyone has to strip down to go into cryo beds. Um, so it's a lot of like jumpsuits, personal patches, photos of family members. Um, and let's see here. Yeah, and I will say um, a corporate key card. Ooh, don't mind if I do. <laughs> but then again, since you would be able to see through doors and access everything now, cryo one and two are kind of self-contained. Cryo 3 has a door on the other side of it with a little window in it that looks like it goes to like a medical area, like showers, exam rooms, that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, so we'll leave that there for now. All right. Um, Davis, are you heading down? Yeah, and I feel like I should see if I can help get power online because I'm pretty useless up here, mm. you know, with, without power. So I'm gonna see if you know I got some heavy machinery. I can, I can maybe you know figure out the power situation. So yeah, I'm gonna head down to see if uh, if I can do it myself. Okay. Get something done. Yeah, do it yourself. <laughs> All right. So you're heading over to Cryo to help out. Um, Rai just pocketed a key card um, and is otherwise rummaging through personal effects in the Cryo chambers. Um, let's see. Wilson, uh, when you come back out, are you coming back out from checking in with Mother? Uh, yeah, I'm going to approach Captain Miller. Yep. Similar currency and says, any news? So I can authorize an access code for you in order to, uh, so that you can open the door and delegate if you would like another crew member to have access to Mother on the other ship. But it does require your key card. Ah, yeah, makes sense. They like to keep these things in chain of command. So thanks for checking in. Sorry, it couldn't have been simpler, but... I know, you know how corporate it is. Yeah. <laughs> rules are rules. 
So she starts to put her uh, compression suit on to head over, and she radios the rest of you as she gets her helmet on. It's like, all right, I have access with my card. I'm about to head over to help you out. Finally. <laughs> Just in case, I'll go ahead to have another crew member that knows what the fuck they're doing over here. Miller, if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and come with you in case there are any problems with uh, with Mother over there. I might be able to do some overrides. Yeah, with necessary. this being a ship that doesn't have me in the system, uh, it's probably for the best. And plus, we have everything kind of set on autopilot over here, so it should be fine. Better that we all just get this mess handled. Um, any sign of science data or whatever we're supposed to be picking up so we can get this done? Yeah, until we get power online, we're pretty much hosed on that front. All right. So it sounds like we just need to get over to Mother here really quickly. Um, Cool. All right. Well, the two of us should be over there in just a few minutes. We're going to head straight to Mother and try to get things online. I'll, uh, I'll I'll be there. Okie dokie. All right. So while Captain Miller is talking to you about how they're going to head to Mother, like there's, you know, the sound of them like traversing to the the tether to get over there. Um, suddenly, there's a sound that is not a car door outside. Um, it's actually the familiar hum of reactors warming up. And all the lights on Kronisk turn on. That's before? Uh, Davis, uh, what you do up at the uh, bridge there? There's a bunch of, like, I want to say feedback on the radios, because, like, at the same exact time he says that, I'm like, what did you guys do? Everything's lighting up over here. And at the same time... Captain Miller's like, what did you guys do? All of the outside lights just came on the ship. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's going to take credit for it. That's going to be double. My <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need extra chairs. <laughs> um, so if the power came back on, Davis would book it back up the ladder, back to the, uh, the bridge. Well, I will keep in mind that's what you were looking to do. Um, yeah, just. You hear the mother on this ship start to just list off things, like some of the red flag things you've already heard about. Um, carbon dioxide levels, high. Like air scrubbers must be replaced or repaired. That sort of thing. Um, you will notice that there is like kind of this haze of vapor as the air that is moving through the system starts to warm up. Um, and there is a lot of noise of air moving through the system, but again, no improvement in the oxygen levels that you are seeing. Um, and it appears that Mother is running through some checklist sequence as, as power comes back online. As Captain Miller and Wilson are moving over to the other ship, um, I will say, Wilson, since you are the last one off the ship, you note that the power on Montero seems to go out. All the lights go dark as you move across the tether to Cronus. 
what the shit? All right, and that's where we will leave it for today. That was her head. <laughs> you know, so, just, yeah. just things. You guys the know. old rainy cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> Up to a tether between two spaceships at 26 million miles per hour. <laughs> As power shifts, like, shit. <laughs> 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 oh man that would be pretty cool 26 million almost 27 Dude, that's, crazy. that's only on point that. 0.04 the speed of light and that's 26 million <laughs> miles an hour <laughs> uh, it's space. Uh, moving right along yeah, uh, space and that's still not gonna, <laughs> not gonna get you anywhere get you anywhere fast <laughs> yeah. still take forever to get to the next star <laughs> all right well i guess next time we'll find out what happens as power is restored and uh and things start turning on and waking up in Cronus. nice awesome thank you barbarians for listening to session one waking up montero in our alien rpg series If you want to support our podcast and help us make more content, check us out on patreon.com slash justbarbarianthings. Our group's uh, Session Zero episodes and our GM prep are only available to patrons, and the podcasts with video versions are premiered early for our patrons as well. If you like the music in our intro and outro, or the music used in our ambient sound, um, we're using tabletop audio. Our intro and outro are Nostromo, and we use a few other tracks as well to help get everything in the right mood. Check them out at tabletopaudio.com for free music and ambiance for use in your games. Links to everything I've mentioned and more can be found in the description. And until next time, barbarians, spend your rage wisely, lest it turn to panic. <laughs>